Welcome to the Net Positive Podcast, a series of podcasts on clean energy and the environment. The Net Positive is about crafting healthy communities and a sustainable world. These explorations are designed to educate and inspire. That's when we get action. I am your host, Ted Flanagan, and this edition of the Net Positive Podcast features a conversation with Auden Schendler. Auden used to work for me back in Colorado many years ago, and now he is the Vice President for Environmental Sustainability at the Aspen Skiing Company. Hey, man. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Very good to see you. Likewise. I was fascinated by the Aspen Times article about what the ski company did out at the uh, Elk Creek mine there. And I'd never heard about it. I was shocked I'd never heard about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, tell me about how it started. I mean, I guess, was this Randy Udall's? That was his vision originally? Yeah. Yeah. So probably, you know, 15 or more years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> well, well, backing it up all the way, we always said, we've got to address energy. Um, and, and it's the obvious big impact of a ski resort. It's obviously the big climate issue. Um, we're, we're less interested in kind of saying we did something and we're 100% or we're carbon neutral. We've never cared about that. We care about systemic change and doing things that model for the rest of the world. So over time, we, you know, we did the first solar array in the ski industry, 2.3 kW at the Highlands Patrol Headquarters. You've probably seen pictures of it because I took a snap of it and NREL picked it up. It's got the maroon bells in the background. Prettiest solar array in the world. I can share that with you. Um, and we're like, but this isn't doing anything. Like it's teaching people, but that's it. So then we, we built a hydroelectric plant using the snowmaking system at Snowmass. And you know, Aspen ran on hydroelectricity until 1957. Um, and then coal and nukes were going to be too cheap to meter. So they took all their hydro out and now they're putting it back. Um, so this was 150 kW system. And again, we're like, great, but it's no power. So then we did the largest solar array in Western Colorado at the time, a million dollar project also all these, the, the two of those, the hydro and the solar were the big utility solar partnership with Randy Udall, who I worked very closely with for years, as did you. Um, this was a $1.1 million array, 150 KW, right? That's crazy now, right? The biggest in Western Colorado. When we launched it, the governor showed up, Ken Salazar showed up, he was a senator at the time, our ownership showed up. And now it's, it's me, you know, it's teeny, it's, it's, anyway, we did it and we're like, that didn't make much more power than the hydro plant. Well, how do we make power? And so Randy had been poking around and I had gone with him a decade before that to a coal mine to see if they'd let us capture methane. And the thing you need to know is the coal mine doesn't want a bunch of ski resort guys in white shirts poking around. Their deal is the mine we op that we worked with, Elk, Elk Creek, they were making a million dollars a day on coal. And we were proposing a project that would make a million dollars a year and 
light a fire at a mine. The one thing coal mines fear more than anything is that an explosion, especially a gassy mine. These mines have seen, you know, in our region, many, many people have died in explosions. Carbondale has a memorial. So they don't want us screwing around. And Randy and this guy, Tom Vessels, who really is the national leader in coal mine methane capture, they couldn't convince them to do it. And over time, they developed a relationship with this wonderful, unbelievably conservative and craggy mine manager at Elk Creek. Now, and his name was Jim Cooper. He died a few years ago of cancer. Um, he looked like Tommy Lee Jones and Scott Glenn crossed. I mean, craggy. He would wear what we, you know, you call a methane, uh, a um, Wyoming tuxedo, denim shirt, denim pants, cowboy boots, smoke Marlboros. And he'd say stuff like, my daddy used to say, uh, you need a two by four to get a mule going sometimes. Um, and he'd say like, surface miners? Surface miners are a bunch of pussies. You know, like that was the guy. And he was a, he described himself as a resource guy. And I said to him, why would you want to partner with us? Um, basically, he said, I don't believe methane's a pollutant. I think coal's been good for society. We disagreed on like what whiskey to drink, what religion we were. I said, why would you partner? He said, because I'm a resource guy and I don't want to see this resource wasted. And as you know, the mine was owned by, is still owned by Bill Koch, K-O-C-H. He is one of the Koch brothers. So that's the story of how we got to the point where we could, we could do the project. And then we're privately held by, a, you know, the Crown family in Chicago. And I approached them and I said, you ever heard of coal mine methane? And they have, they, they're industrialists. And the 90-year-old patriarch said, oh, yeah, I know coal mine methane. And I said, you think we could have $6 million to capture it? And he said, if the math works. Great story, great story. And, and, and just how do you, I, I know it's a very complex thing, but how do you actually capture it? I, I, I take it that, that a mine might have multiple vents. Uh, right. And of course you got the main shaft or, or how, do, how, do, how do you do that? Is, that? is that as complicated as it seems to the lay person? Um, it's not. So an operational mine is, is actively venting um, methane in two ways. One, it's venting the air so that miners don't die. That's why you have a canary in a coal mine is methane. Mm -hmm. And so that it doesn't explode. And then at the site of the mining, um, there's a vent that is venting much higher percentage methane. So the air venting is so low, you couldn't burn it. But then there's these gob vents that are pulling out 30 to 70% methane. And it's just a pipe and there's a vent fan that's driving it. And so we started this project by literally, literally, literally taking a pipe coming out of the ground, capturing it, um, running, cleaning it, and then running it into three engines that were the size of, you know, trucks, 18 cylinder truck engines that were each one megawatt. Um, the, you know, the process of coal mining is fracking. 
you're fracking the coal, and then geologically in gassy mines, methane gets emitted too. What happened next was that the mine caught fire and exploded, which is very common, but it, was, it put me in the situation of having, again, the 90-year-old patriarch of the Crown family put his arm around me and say, this project's going to work, right, Auden? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to work, <laughs> even though we weren't 100% sure it would. So the mine had to close. They actually had to shut in a $80 million piece of equipment called a long wall. Um, and the way you, you stop a fire in a mine, this is fascinating. You seal it up and let the methane build to 90%. If you're in a room of 90% methane and you light a match, it won't burn. There's no oxygen. So you suffocate the methane, the fire with methane. But they couldn't put it out all the way, so they closed the mine. Now, this is where this is where it gets important. A closed mine continues to leak methane forever and substantially for 15 to 30 years. So there's a pipe venting methane. And so what we are doing is we're still capturing that. Um, and importantly, this is the only project of its size in the United States. They're all over Germany, all over France, all over England. And we just don't have um, any mechanism or incentive to do this in the US. There's some erudite ones that I can explain to you, um, but it's no one's doing it. It's complicated, it's risky, it's financially risky. Um, and yet, as you know, um, Drew Schindel, the climate scientist, has repeatedly said and, and written about, look, if you want to solve climate, you deal with methane, black carbon, and ozone, because they're, they're often profitable and they benefit human health, and that buys you time to deal with CO2. Interesting. Now, back to the explosion, did that, did that wipe out all of the, uh, your, your engines, your generators? No, it was underground, and it was literally like, according to Jim Cooper, it was like whump, but he was like terrified when it happened. It was all underground, but it meant that this thing was burning and it's probably still burning. Now, in terms of your, now it's a three megawatt system. Does that, is that approximately the ski company's load or is that a? Oddly, <clears throat> oddly, it's not our, our, our demand, but it's our annual usage. Right. So. That's about 24 million kilowatt hours. It is base load. Yep. And that's almost exactly what we use. Now, we, we partnered with the utility Holy Cross Energy. All that power goes to the grid. Yep. They pay us uh, about seven cents, three cents of which is the carbon, five is the electricity, and they get it all. And what it did is it, it greened I think the number is 10% of their entire carbon footprint. Because, as you know, when you destroy methane, it's insane. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the carbon offset, so it's, it's as many kilowatt hours as we use a year. The carbon offset, if we got it, and again, we don't, would be three times our total carbon footprint. And so, and that, but that wasn't important to you to, to get those wrecks, I take it. We said... Here's the, here's the math. If you want the wrecks, you drop half a million a year for nothing other than the claim that you're green. Yeah. And we said, no, we're going to spend half a million on the next solar array. We'll spend it on lobbying. 
we are not here to make a to make a PR statement. We're here to solve climate. Now we're not clueless; like we care about PR and we get it. But we picked a lane, and the lane was steel in the ground, not dollars that are wasted on messaging. The Aspen Times article also discussed uh, Rick Heady's claim that there are over 48,000 mines in the United States that are releasing methane. Rick used to work with us at the Rocky Mountain Institute, and now he heads up the Climate Accountability Institute. What do you think of this idea of replicating what you've done, Auden? We made 8%. We're going to be paid back over 10 years with all kinds of risk. And it's just, it's not that great an investment. Um, so we said, but still, there's, it makes sense. So we, um, we looked around for other projects. I mean, we went to Southern Illinois where everyone, it's like, you can't understand what they say. It's so South, um, it's like Kentucky. And we looked at stuff and we couldn't make anything work. And the utilities will say, we'll give you three cents for that power, doesn't work. You can inject it into a pipeline. That's another approach. You make no money. The only, the most viable way to deal with methane in the United States right now, and this is, is not understood by the environmental community, is you can flare it and sell your carbon credits into the California market. They will buy, and, and our partner's doing this at our mine. Right now, we don't have enough gas to do it, but you need to the world needs to flare all the methane in the world right today, right now, because you're converting it from a one, from an 86 to a one in, in potency. And then you need to figure out how to capture it if you can. But most of the projects, you can't capture it. You need a pipeline nearby or you need the grid nearby and you need a buyer and they need to be willing to pay the price and the mine has to be willing to let you do it. And you have to have rights to the to the, the minerals. And so it's really complicated. So what the US needs, we need an incentive more broadly, like California, so that there's an incentive to flare and capture and, and make money on it. If you can get a project that flares and sells into the California market, um, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. You'd be on your yacht. I mean, it would be a money printing machine that would help the climate. And this is a great example of a meaningful offset. If California doesn't buy these offsets, the, the methane goes straight to atmosphere and doesn't get flared. If they pay for it, it gets flared. And yes, you're emitting CO2, but you're not emitting methane. Right, right. So you're uh, really interesting, Auden. Um, so you're obviously then, you're not pursuing another one of these carbon capture projects at this time. You're off, you're off to we the next. Really, not now. We tried. Yeah, you tried. Unbelievably hard to do it. So what what's what's the next on your list? What what's what's the next creative thing that you're uh, you're tackling? Well, again, as you know, all this. Um, if we're going to green the built environment, we have to electrify. Um, heat a new building with CO two; it emits carbon for fifty years. Uh, heat it with electricity and it gets greener every year. So one of our roles is to model um, projects for the country. So we're working on a hotel in Mammoth and I haven't 
we haven't achieved this yet, but it's a, a new large hotel. And if, if we're successful, it's going to be 100% electric, 100%, um, meaning we can buy the marginal green power from Southern California Edison and have a carbon neutral hotel. One, it would be, one, I think, the first in the United States, a hotel like that. Two, we think we can uh, heat it with geothermal. So maybe one of the, you know, one of the greenest structures in the United States, but in a commercial application um, for profit. Is that one of your properties or, or is that just a partnership with? Yeah, it's ours. It's We're ours. expanding this Limelight Hotel brand. Yeah. So, yeah. So your, your work is now uh, spread across how many different resorts? You know, it's not that many, um, <clears throat> but as we expand the hotel, you know, we'll be in Bolt, we'll do one in Boulder, we'll do one in New York, Mammoth, and then we have four resorts, but we have a partner organization, sister organization called Altera, and they're everywhere, and I, I work with them as well. Um, but we sort of, we sort of just do stuff in the broader business world, pushing on policy, writing stuff, and then doing demonstration projects. Right. Uh, congratulations. And is it, have you written up what you've done there or is it, is there video documentation or how could somebody learn more about what the Aspen Ski Company has done with this whole innovative process? With, uh, with methane? Well, I, I, you know, it's, it's really broader your whole pursuit of energy and, and carbon neutrality. I mean, methane's a big part of the story, but yeah. is there, a, is there any documentation or? Yeah. So, um, I wrote a book called Getting Green Done. Um, and it's our story. Oh, fantastic. Um, and and then, the, then my thinking evolved since that. And so I have a, a paper I've written for Stanford Social Innovation Review that's gonna come out shortly. That is a, it's a 3000 word kind of little bit of a meditation on corporate sustainability and, and my take on how it's evolved since, since our days at RMI. And uh, it's, not a, it's actually not a positive take, um, but it offers solutions. Well, that sounds great. And is your book on Amazon? Yeah. It's yeah. audio too. Getting Green Done by Auden yeah. Very good. Well, Auden, thanks so much for this uh, interview and congratulations on everything going on in your life. It sounds really- well, Likewise, really likewise. We'll continue to battle in the trenches. <laughs> we will. We will. Okay. okay. Have a great day. Good to see you. Bye -bye. Take care. That's it. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of The Net Positive. We'll see you next time. Thank you.